This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to On the Bench. I'm your host, Josh Newberg, and I've got Brendan Sinone and Chris Nee here with me, and we are instantly reacting to Florida State's 28 28- 14 loss to NC State on Saturday afternoon in Dote Campbell Stadium. Um, I'm old enough to remember when losing games like this used to hurt. But anyway, it was a lifeless and tired start in the first half for Florida State. The Knowles trailed 14-0 at the midway point, but would make a game of it early in the second half. They did show some fight. Um, I, I didn't think that they would come out the way they did. I think an onside kick really got the third quarter started. Milton found Helton for a TD a few plays later. Uh, but NC State would pull away with a pair of big play touchdowns, and that would pretty much be the difference. FSU drops to three and six. The Wolf Pack go to seven and two. Um, Brendan, how you doing? Walking by the Sod Cemetery, someone pressed the button in front of me, and that's what you're hearing right now. All right. Who would do, who would do such a thing? Good to see you guys are engaged and really uh, dialed in for this podcast. I can feel the pain. That's uh, not pain when you're just dead inside, no, You guys feel very apathetic. That's how, that's how it sounds. Good. I'm glad it's reflective. Chris, how you doing? I'm great, man. <laughs> All right, uh, Brendan, what's your let's just get right into it. Florida State uh, couldn't rush the ball. Nope. They couldn't convert on third downs. They, Two of 16. They couldn't throw the ball deep. Um, yeah. they, what what what's your take on Florida State's <laughs> offensive performance? We'll throw it to Chris for the defense. I mean, you just summed it up. They <laughs> couldn't do anything. I mean, I don't. what do you want me to say? Jordan Travis didn't start at quarterback. Everyone that wanted to bench him last week, this is what you get. You get what you sow, reap what you sow. Uh, you couldn't run the football. They averaged 1.4 yards per carry. With Jordan Travis in the game, you average 5.7 yards per carry. When he's not in there, it goes down to 4.4. This is a season low for them. Yards per carry, couldn't get the ball moving. McKenzie Milton, very limited. He did some nice things in the second half where he was able to move around a little bit. Um, they dropped the ball though a little bit in the second half and really just outside of a couple drives can't get anything going. They're just limited. And that's my whole takeaway for today is we can talk about strategy. We talk about personnel use, talk about fourth down math until they get better players. doesn't really matter. Yeah. Yeah. Damn, um, Josh. Sinone sounds broken. That's the podcast. <laughs> you, no, that's you, the, rest, that's he, the rest of the season. You think he was the one with the diploma from here, not me and you, but I know. I know, I know, I know. Uh, but Chris, give us a, what was your, what was your take on the defensive side of the ball? Well, when you allow nine chunk plays for 257 yards and three of those turning into touchdowns, you're probably not winning a ball game. Devin Leary dealt. He did what he wanted to. They did get a pick off him. He doesn't throw many picks, so congrats on that. It was the Hill Mary to end the half. But, you know, missed tackles come back to bite you in the ass. Bad coverage early in the game allows for a huge touchdown play. You had some chances in the second half, but you didn't answer the bell. You know, I thought Keir Thomas played well. He deserves yeah. a little kudos. Um, Malcolm Ray, big sack, big play. But 
Exactly. They really let them down. They uh, they did a decent enough job against the run. The last couple of squats took away about 12 rushing yards. NC State basically had 100 on like 33 rushes before that. But passing-wise, NC State dealt it. They threw it around the yard. Okay. Um, we thought that the secondary was improving. Uh, Jerry and Jones gives up a, a big score. Akeem Dent, who had been playing better, misses a key tackle that goes for a touchdown. Uh, McMillan didn't, you know, there was just some issues on the back end of the defense. What, if anything, can can we take from that and apply to Miami next week? I mean, uh, Miami's them tinkering with the personnel at all? Uh, yeah. So, again, when it comes down to, I mean, I'll go back to it, unless you get better players, like, who are you going to take out? People were like, oh, they put in a Marion Cooper for Jerry Jones. That's what they should be doing the entire game. So then you're going to have, you know, multiple true freshmen on defense and those guys, you know, are going to get beat too. It just until, until you get guys who can tackle in space Jeez, consistently. Chris, you're right. This guy is You're going to lose games. <laughs> this guy is completely <laughs> broken. If, if, they tackle in, if they tackle in space, they're going to win games. If they're not going to tackle in space, they're going to lose games. That's just, you know, uh, that's where we're at. <laughs> I mean, the, the two, you know, the NC State scores two touchdowns of 40 plus yards on third mm-hmm. down passing plays. One of those was a screenplay, Jerry and Jones misses. And then I think, was it Akeem Dent or was it Jarquez McClellan? Uh, one of the safeties misses. So you have multiple missed tackles. And this is something that went back to the Syracuse game. Like you can't have long plays turn into touchdowns. You have to give your a chance to, to play well in the red zone, which they've done. Uh, and then the other one, the Akeem Dent miss and the Kalen Deloach miss. Again, you know, a 10-yard, 15-yard gain turns into 40 yards. That's how you lose football yeah. games. That's not scheme. That's not coaching. That's just dudes not making plays. If you can't recruit better this upcoming cycle, then, you know, it'll be the same thing next year. Yeah, FSC scores a touchdown, and they immediately allow a touchdown. It just goes like we're not allowed to establish momentum. And then you got a chance there late. You're kind of playing a – possession type game trying to get a chance basically like what they did at Clemson where they're hoping to have that one opportunity late where they kind of bust through and win somehow and you give up a massive play so just not effective at winning games playing that way all right well we got to address one of the main storylines heading into this one and that was the players being sick and and guys being sick all week and we know there was a significant group that missed the game um there's also a significant group that had gotten sick earlier in the week and recovered. And there was some concern going into the game, even how much they were going to hold up because of how sick everybody was all week. And, you know, there was some fatigue and concerns with conditioning, but um, who did we, who really, who was really impacted by that? Obviously it was the quarterback position, but who else? Yeah. I mean, Jordan was unavailable. He was not present. Dylan Gibbons was present, but did not play. I, would, I think it's fair to say they run the ball better with Dylan Gibbons in there. Dylan Gibbons tends to key some big runs for them effectively. Um, those were really the main two that I can think of, though. I mean, they were missing basically five two deep players today as far as guys that were completely unavailable. And some of those were because of injury, not because of flu. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I, I think the bigger issue is that it took a week of practice and discombobulated it, made it really difficult, and it just wasn't very good. I mean – I guess because Norvell spoke about it, we can be a little bit more open with it. I think on Tuesday there were roughly 19 or so two deep guys that were impacted one way or another, whether it be injury or the flu. Norvell said it was about 25 throughout the week total. 
So when you have a bit of a revolving door like that, it doesn't allow you to game plan and get as sharp as one would hope with three or four days of consecutive practice. So it, it impacted it. But at the end of the day, they lost to the team that's better than them. And I don't know how much it truly impacted some of those individual plays that ended up playing into the result today. Like, I don't know if the missed tackles for FSU yeah. are because right. of the that's what, like, so yeah, we don't know that. what the GPS numbers are to show, like, how fast someone's running or, you know, those markedly different than another game. Like, Jerry and Jones, I don't think, practiced on Tuesday. He was probably out with the flu and not feeling well, and he's someone that didn't have a good game today. Like, does it make a difference? Like, potentially, probably. We don't know. It's just hard to All prepare right. and play well. Well, we're going to dig more into this game on Monday after the rewatch, but what was your guys' <sighs> thoughts on going for it on fourth and four? Um, what with like six minutes to go in the fourth quarter? I could be wrong on the time there, but there's I know there was a good amount of time on the clock. Four minutes. A little, think it was a little, a little more. A little closer minutes. to eight. Yeah, it was closer to eight. At some point, you got to do it. Um, they had a couple fourth down opportunities, and they deliberated on them, and they finally decided to go with it there. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. I'm not going to get engulfed in that single decision. You know, Milton attempts to connect with Pokey Wilson. Balls dropped. The opportunity was there. They could have converted it. They didn't. Story of the game. They had opportunities. They didn't capitalize on opportunities. They made mistakes. Those mistakes proved costly. That's more, why you lose 28-14. More so uh, that sequence there. It's on fourth and four. You throw the ball twice, twice before then two on second and four and third and four. You know, so if you were going to go for it on fourth down, I guess, in hindsight, like you try to run it, you know, twice and, and set up, you know, fourth and one or, you know, maybe break it off before then it's not even in fourth down. Like, I think those are the, yeah. the things you could say, you know, maybe are a little different. But ultimately, like they had a guy where you got to complete a pass and catch a pass. And, just, you know, again, you need a better quarterback and a better wide receiver. And it's not a discussion that we're probably having. Yeah, and they couldn't run the ball. So it didn't really matter if they tried to set it up. Right. I mean, FSU had two drives that were of substance. They scored touchdowns on those two drives. Their next best drive is one we're talking about where they turned it over on downs. Other than that, they really didn't have an established drive. So in the last two weeks, they've had roughly five, six total established drives on offense. And that's over, what, roughly 28 to 30 drives, I would presume, over the two weeks. So the offense isn't very good. They faced two pretty damn good defenses back-to-back weeks. That's the story of why they've gone zero and two in the last two weeks and was pretty dreadful on offense doing it. Um, Brendan, did were, were people giving you crap this week for speaking positively about um, Jordan Travis? Yeah. What's wrong with them? <laughs> How you like them apples? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I get into this where. The same thing happened with Charles Kelly. It's like people say someone's awful and incompetent. And, like, Charles Kelly wasn't a good defensive coordinator. He wasn't an awful one either. And, like, we've seen (laughs) the defensive coordination get a lot worse than what Charles Kelly was doing at Florida State. And I get in the thing where I over-defend someone. I mean, Jordan Travis is a a fine quarterback. He's limited. We discussed this. The offense is much better with him. Um, You kind of – put me in a box where I said I would take him over Kenny Pickett. Last no, you just, really you just pick it. weird hills to die on. You, you did pick a weird hill in that case to die on. The truth but, is no, but, uh, no, 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 let me defend There was a lot of truth people, in it, though. Because people, thank you, because people take what I say and I don't articulate it well in the moment. Take it out of context because they're mean. And then and you critical thinking. die on those hills. 
And then I get forced into the corner. I have to die. Jordan Travis isn't winning you 10 games. That's not what's happening. Uh, He's probably a guy that if things are going well around you, though, could probably win you six, seven, maybe eight games if he has a decent supporting cast. The issue is the supporting cast is really bad around the offensive line. Not good. Dreadful. But I think if you lose I think at the end of the day, it's just real simple. Jordan Travis gives you the best chance to win. This year, yeah. yeah. Bottom yeah. line. And, and I guess and my point was with the Kenny Pickett thing was you could take a, a good quarterback and put him in this offense and maybe he would elevate it, but there's also a good chance he would get broken and ruined when, you know, you have. Ugh, uh, I've been I'm saying call, that for I'm like five years. It, it, that's what I'm saying. It doesn't matter who the quarterback is if everything around him is awful. Like, it's just the, the issues. People get into this myopic conversation of, like, uh, why did we call this play here? Why didn't we use this guy here? This guy should be playing instead of this guy. Like, the whole Chubb of Purdy conversation this week has been exhausting to me. It's been exhausting because uh, Chubb of Purdy wasn't playing and he wasn't going to start this week, and that's ultimately one of the reasons why I think he saw the writing on the wall when he leaves. And McKenzie Milton didn't look good, and all of a sudden the conversation goes back to, oh, we shouldn't have been playing Chubba Purdy this game, and then what a dumb decision and, and short-sighted. But it's short-sighted by Chubba Purdy, too, because he would have probably gotten to play at some point this game. Regardless, Chris and I are there at practice. We know what's happening. The coaching staff does not have a whole lot of faith in its younger quarterbacks because they haven't been super consistent in practice. Not that McKenzie Milton's been great. Not that Jordan Travis is great. But when your options aren't good, everything's bad because you the next best option is worse than the other one so it's just guys if they can't it's really really important for them to hold on to what they have in the 2022 cycle and to have another good run at the defensive line and the transfer portal to do better at the skill positions and the transfer portal really important for mike novell to get things to where he has a chance to you know be here year four year five yeah i agree with that josh our man needs a milkshake like he's It's so bad. Get him a milkshake and some chicken nuggets. Um, All right. Listen, we'll be back on Monday. Thank you guys for listening. Do you you agree with like, I mean, I I know I'm kind of being like tongue in cheek with my depression here, but like, do you guys agree? Like this is, this is all kind of futile what we're talking about. Unless we get better players here. Do we think we can get better players here? And will it have enough time to matter? Well, he's proven. I think he's proven that he can get them here because the guy, at least the guys that are leaving the important ones, he got here. Right. It'd be one thing if these were like the last of the layover players that were leaving and he needed to replace them. So you have to at least give Mike Norvell the benefit of the doubt because he got Jermaine, Johnson here. He got Keir Thomas here. He got all these guys that we're going to be missing so desperately next year. So you got to give them the benefit of the doubt. And you also have to assume that they're going to learn more about the portal. They're going to learn that they yeah, can't and- be as picky on the offensive line. They're going to learn yeah. um, that they can't take risks on guys like Bam, on guys like uh, Andrew Parchment. Parchment. You know, they're going to have to learn from some of their mistakes. Yeah. And I, I think that's an excellent point. I think this offense needs some quick fixes to be capable of being decent next year. And that starts up front. They got to be able to block it better. I don't think it really, I don't think the quarterback room is good. Kind of said that on the Chubba Purdy podcast uh, that we did previewing NC state as well. I don't think the quarterback room is good. I don't think it's going to be drastically better next year, but I don't think it's ever going to have a chance to be decent. If the O-line is as God awful as it's consistently been here. And mm-hmm. I'm not sure that the guys that they're banking on for the future 
that many of them are going to help next year. That's including guys coming in as well as some of the young guys that are already here this year. So I think they have to find some additional help up front, especially from a depth standpoint, because when they lose a Gibbons, drop-off is drastic. When they right. don't have a Bavion Johnson available, they really don't have any depth to go to. That That's just a really awful position to be in, and that's a position they're in. But they need a hell of a lot of help offensively to be capable of being decent. They really struggle to put together sustained drives, and that that's true when they're winning games too. They live and die somewhat by the chunk play and creating points that way, but they very rarely can put together good sustained drives. Win the, or fact, the, the fact that the offense has done, like, and these last two weeks have been bad, so, you know, uh, recency bias. The offense has done adequately this year. It's going to finish probably you know, Miami. Miami are probably going to be able to move the ball on uh, whether you can stop them or not consistently. You know, that'll be DBD, but Miami misses a lot of tackles. You'll probably be able to break some explosives. You have Jordan back there and have the run game be dynamic. That's potentially there. Boston College gets their quarterback back, but, but their defense isn't very good. Florida, who knows? What are they down? 30 to 10 at the half right now to South Carolina? Is that right? In the like, third quarter, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there's games out there where you can you can move the ball enough to where your offensive numbers are probably going to look adequate at the end of the year. The fact that they're able to do that, like, to me is ultimately encouraging of, like, what the offensive staff can do. I know people don't want to hear that right after two stinkers in a row on offense. Uh but ultimately, like, I think they're creative, and I think they do a really good job scheming up big plays and playing to their strengths and mitigating weaknesses as well as they can. Um, but that only gets you so far as we've seen the last two seasons. Like, you need to get better. You need to, to upgrade almost everywhere across the board on offense. And, yeah, I mean, that's just going to be – that's the conversation we're having now. It's the same we're going to be having the next three weeks probably and into the offseason until they're able to really start making some headway. So – Buckle up. Maybe it'll be fun. Maybe they can pull it off against Miami this week and, and change the tone a little bit. But it's just same shit, different day. I'm going to go drink alcohol. And as far as recruiting goes, um, there hasn't been any <laughs> recruiting fallout. I don't know if we really expect any recruiting fallout. It's kind of one of those things where we just kind of have to sit here and react to it and see if it well, happens. Well, not the NC State um, loss. Like, if they're still here, they're not – they're not going anywhere right now. That's yeah, that's the- you know, that's my thoughts as well. Um, and to be honest with you, half these kids don't watch football or Florida State play. Um, I think that we're five weeks away. You know, if they held on through the own four start, why not hold on through this? I don't really know if these last couple games matter. I think that obviously winning can help Florida State. Um but Miami might saying, matter because they'll be there, right? The yeah, they'll be there. Be yeah, they it's can't. They can't game. go there and just get get drugged by fifty points. I mean, I yeah. think that would have some. That would maybe alter the the recruiting class. But to this point, you know, the guys that matter are holding strong. AJ Duffy, Travis Hunter, Sam McCall. It seems like in five weeks they're going to sign with Florida State and and roll early, and um, we're not going to have to worry about that anymore. But. Um, the Miami game is an opportunity for Florida State to make up some ground in recruiting if they do pull off a win or if they can make an exciting game like it was against Notre Dame and have that environment for all those recruits. But um, there, I guess there is a chance for them to uh, to blow it and possibly suffer some decommitments, but we'll get to that later. Um, we'll have more on the recruit reaction on Knowles 24-7. Zach Blostein's out re- talking with uh, recruits tonight. Uh, we know there are some visitors that we're trying to catch up with, so check back to the site later. Uh, do you guys have anything else before we get out of here? 
No, no, this is, I, I, I'm, I, yeah, no, good times, <laughs> I had fun, guys. No, I, I played, I, I played I you guys I might... like a fiddle tonight. <laughs> I came in all sad and dejected, and then guess what? Got the juices flowing. Josh brought his A game. Chris was jovial and happy as I was sad. <laughs> I'm the puppet master. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.